Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the world of bitchin' sauces. I know. I, I'm, I didn't just make that up. My guest did. Um, you guys, it's going to be amazing. Uh, I can't wait to introduce you to Star Edwards. She is the charismatic entrepreneur behind San Diego's Bitchin' Sauce. I know. I am actually saying that on the podcast. Star, it's so great to have you on. Justin, thank you so much for having me. That is a really kind introduction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, though. I mean, it's, it's so fun. Like, even the name of your company is fun and cool. You can't help but to be like, what? I got to check these out. And so I did the last <laughs> couple of weeks and um, had so much fun learning about you. And my audience uh, will, will feel the same way, I'm sure, after today. So um, let's do this. Our audience may not know all... They may not all know you. So share a little bit of your background before you started your own business. Yeah, my background was pretty scattered, I guess. Nomadic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was, you know, I was really driven academically early on and graduated high school at the age of 16. But I didn't get into the school I wanted to get into afterwards. (laughs) Nice. just, you know, stubborn enough to be like, well, then I'm not even going to go to school. Um, and so I ended up just, you know, working, I went and got like three jobs and, um, you know, just doing all the fun things that I wanted to do. I tried out being a barista and personal assistant and a host, all the fun things, you know, whatever I could get as a 16 year old. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, after doing about two years of that and realizing that most of my, uh, peers were, a lot older than me. <laughs> I decided to go back to school yeah. um, and ended up in San Diego. I love San Diego. Uh, yeah, it's an awesome spot and has been just a really wonderful place for me. Um, and it's where I met my husband. We met at the community college there. And, you know, within, I would say like a year and a half, Bitch and Sauce came shortly after. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah, I love San Diego. I was just there last week. Um, one of my favorite places to spend time. Uh, for those who haven't been, it is beautiful. And the weather is, just like everyone says, amazing. Um, so so you're in San Diego, and I know you had said you were p- potentially thinking about pursuing a, a career as a personal chef. How did you come up with this idea for the sauces? Well, the sauces, the idea came around when I was 16. Like, so when I was just, you know, living by myself, not by myself, I had roommates, but, you know, kind of yeah. experiencing independence. And I was experimenting with this raw vegan diet, but there was basically a one end cap at Whole Foods that catered to that and everything kind of <laughs> tastes weird. <laughs> nice. That's why some people don't eat that. Yes, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah. It was very much like rabbit food. And, uh. you know, I really like good food. So I decided to, you know, make something that actually tasted good and would satisfy my cravings and (laughs) help me to stay on this funny little diet that I was on. Um, And then, you know, after making bitch and sauce, I was like, this is good. And then all of my (laughs) roommates were like, this is good. My family was like, this is good. So when everyone's pretty stoked on it, it's, I don't know, it's at least the recipe that stuck around for the next five years until we decided to take it to farmer's markets. Um, And that was, you know, really in an attempt to push this 
personal chef business that I had just started. Um, I was trying to get clients by sampling out all the fun, weird vegan comfort food that I had come up with over the years. And sauce was one of them. Wow. That's amazing. And was the, what was there an initial flavor that you had that you were mixing quote unquote the in, in the home kitchen before you started commercializing it? Yeah, I think, you know, the original was pretty much the original. It's garlicky, lemony. It's it's really a kind of creamy, delicious base. It's great. <laughs> this is awesome. And by the way, amazing reviews on Amazon. Um, <laughs> and so when did you go from... Um, this is a fun thing. I'm try- It's kind of a side thing at the farmer's market, right? I mean, it wasn't the main thing. When did it become the main thing? The day after our first farmer's market. <laughs> <laughs> shift immediately. Yeah. It was that popular. Immediate. Wow. Immediate shift. Yeah. No, it was, uh, we brought eight jars, I think of bitchin sauce and that sold out. And then I had spent I spent the whole night before, like up till 4 a.m. baking pies. I, I was eating those pies for like two weeks afterwards. <laughs> nobody was buying that. Everyone was buying the sauce. Um, yeah, they were a little ahead of their time. That's They're hilarious. pretty good pies, though. <laughs> I'm sure they are. You can have bitchin' pies. Um, so, okay, I'm sure people are listening. Like, where did the name come from? I I know you said it's not a, a exciting story, but like, how did you come up? We're gonna call it bitchin' sauce. Yeah, that was. Like, I wish that <laughs> there I was some cool more. story. <laughs> I, w- I just wish I had thought more about it because I remember, you know, sitting under the, the sign at the farmer's market like three weeks later after I'd, I'd painted over my initial sign that was <laughs> Pies. and then wrote bitch and sauce in big letters. And I was like, man, I really should have put more thought into this. <laughs> it's too late now. Because <laughs> everyone's staring and yeah, <laughs> I was pretty funny. Um, no, I just, I was, I had like kind of a retro theme cause I was specializing in vegan comfort food and right. I was, you know, it was like pies. It was like, you want to feel homey and good. And, and so I was trying to think of like a nice, like throwback term, um, that was like, you know, golly gee, this is terrific kind of thing. Um, and, and I think at first I was like, what about just like, awesome? Like, Oh, that's awesome. And awesome sauce. No. I, I Googled that and was like, there's no way I have any legs to stand. Right. <laughs> It'd be tough to get that phrase. Yeah. And then I think I put it in like the thesaurus or something and was like, you know, what, what else means this? And it was alphabetical. So, you know, awesome. And then bitching. <laughs> That's a great story. Um, so share with our audience, like what's inside, like what makes it like it's a sauce, a dip, you know, share with our audience a little bit more about how people eat it. Yeah, I think that was one of the most fortunate things for us is originally I had made it as a sauce. Like it was kind of slang, you know, cause sauce is just a fun word, right. but it was also, um, you know, it was meant to go over prepared things like salads and beef rice bowls and, you know, pasta. It was like something you could actually use in, you know, culinary applications rather than just as a snack. Sure. But we ended up, you know, I think it was maybe more of a supply issue and me not knowing what I was doing, but I was like, <laughs> I need to find tubs or something that can fit this in an eight ounce size. Cause everyone's like, Oh, it's too, it's too big as 16 ounce jars. Like we needed an eight ounce size. And so that was like really the only thing that was available at the smart and final near me. It's just going to buy these and fill them up. <laughs> yeah. I was like, here's this nice, like eight ounce tubs. This is perfect. And then, but it totally changed the application because right. now people are like, Oh, I'm going to dip in this. And exactly. this is a party food. Yeah. It's yeah. It's cool. interesting. Um, and 
how did you go from making eight jars for the farmer's market to, I mean, it's, it's now much more commercial, obviously. I mean, you've got the packaging and all, did you have to get help with that or how did you figure that part out? I mean, I had so much help from friends and family and just people that we recruited to join us on this crazy journey. Um, I probably should have gotten a lot more help from people who already <laughs> knew what they were doing because we didn't know what we were doing. Um, but yeah, it was actually like a really slow process. Um, you know, we didn't have any financial backing sure. and, and basically like, you know, we have this kind of story of $200 in a blender, but that's literally what we had. It was, like my husband bought me this blender from Craigslist. Like it was a second hand <laughs> blender. <laughs> he gave so it to funny. me for Christmas, which was so sweet. Um, but yeah, no, like we, I would go and buy ingredients and then put it on a credit card. And after the farmer's market, pay off the credit card and take any profits and go back and do the same thing. And, you know, when you have a perishable product and no financial backing, it was like, we have to sell out every, every time. Market. Right. So, so yeah. So we went from like eight to like, I think 20 and then, and then 50. And then the market <laughs> man started yelling at us. They're like, you have to bring more product. You can't not bring more product. <laughs> we're like, there's gotta be a ceiling though. But no, it ended up like we were going to farmer's markets and selling like 500 tubs of sauce at a single market. It was crazy. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Um, and w so it was farmer's markets at first, obviously, where you got the, hey, this is awesome and we're selling out. It's bitching. Sorry, I should, I should say. Um, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> and so, it yeah, it's bitching. I mean, it's amazing. Um, and and when did it go from farmer's markets to, hey, we some, you know, what about retail and stores and, and whatnot? Yeah, the the farmers market scene in San Diego is just so awesome. Or bitching. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, you know you gotta um, say it that way. <laughs> I know. It's uh it's just it was such a fortuitous thing for us to be in a place where you can have them year round, which really it's not like that in most parts of the country. Sure. Um and we were able to, you know, year round have all these markets, but we had one we had one like very rainy winter and, you know, it rained in San Diego and everyone was like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen now? <laughs> like the sky is falling. Um, and as soon as I realized that that was going to impact our, you know, ability to sell product, I started looking around for people that had some, some coverage and <laughs> basically went to the, the mom and pop stores that were nearby and, and walked in with it and was like, Hey, I've been selling this. Like, how about you sell this now? And they like talked me through like the whole process, the process of what needed yeah. to happen, make that happen. You know, at this point in time, like we still didn't have any like nutritional facts or anything. Right. On our Barcodes. <laughs> yeah. All, all that fun stuff. So they were really sweet though. They, they really coached us through it. Wow. And, and then, you know, it started with like stores and delivering to them and then, you know, grew from there where we started getting kind of larger regional chains and then eventually Whole Foods, they were doing their, um, their, I think it was called a forager program. And they brought us into their Southern California stores, which was really kind Huge. of a, a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. And were you guys set up for that? I mean, did you have production and manufacturing and like, again, you know, remember the, the eight jars uh, in the kitchen versus Whole Foods region. <laughs> so, I mean, how did yeah. you solve for that? 
I think, you know, the bitchin' way is to just be, <laughs> <laughs> it's just to say yes when people are like, of course. I have to figure it out. Right. Can you do it? Exactly. You figure it out. So they said we have, you know, 50 stores and we were like, yes, we can do that. Of course. And then very quickly scrambled to figure out how to do that. <laughs> and was it, so you have a good number of SKUs now and different flavors. Was it like that at the beginning or has that evolved over the time, like 10 plus years now you've been doing this, but um, did you, what did that look like at first versus over time? The first, um, the, well, I guess the second flavor after original was Chipotle. Got it. Oh, uh, and then we started to do that one was just such a you know hit that we never stopped making <laughs> Let's just keep it. But, making um, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the other flavors we, you know, really tested them out at the farmers markets to see what people liked. Um, and kind of you know, put them into retail based on their popularity with this awesome little test group. That's so um, cool. It was, yeah, it was a really great, it was great to have that instant feedback on right. what people were excited about. Uh, but yeah, so we, we just kind of keep putting out new flavors and it's funny. A lot of things work with bitch and sauce. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> we started making like the sweet flavors and you'd be surprised how similar the formula <laughs> or really? recipe wow. to, the, to the, uh, original. That's crazy. Now, have you continued to scale from a, a retail perspective? You know, you initially had that big order from whole foods, but has that grown? How do you, what about other retail? What does that look like? Yeah, definitely. I mean, since that first time when we were doing regional Whole Foods, we um, have gone national with them. Uh, we're in Target and Walmart and uh, Sprouts. Yeah. Um, and then we're also in a bunch of like Kroger stores, Albertsons, um, and then Costco. Costco has just been so Huge. wonderful for us. And you, yeah, you multi just, do a multi pack, right? We have a multi pack there that we started with. We started doing a roadshow. Um, where we got to sample everything. And then you know, <laughs> nice. we started, we have a big tub of Chipotle and the big tub of Chipotle is, is it, just killer, man. It, <laughs> you can eat a lot of sauce. <laughs> you really can have a lot of sauce. Wow. And then, I mean, to, to meet that kind of demand, I mean, now you're truly at, I mean, that's scale, right? I mean, you got, you just mentioned the biggest retailers out there, Target, Walmart, Costco. I mean, and then you, you got Sprouts. I mean, like, Wow. So I, I, has that meant bringing on new people to help with like supply chain or man, like the manufacturing had to change? Like, I don't know. How did, I, you know, do those types of things you had to sort out? Yeah, definitely. I, we started out doing all of our own manufacturing um, with the exception of HPP, which is our, uh, the pasteurization process. Got it. Our stuff is, it's cold process. So it will spoil if it doesn't have something there to to stop that. Stop the spoiling. Um, but yeah, so we ended up really building out our team, you know, a couple of years ago, we kind of looked at ourselves and we're like, man, we should get someone in here who knows what they're doing. Wow. <laughs> I, you know, it's like seven years of winging it. Um, and it was great. We actually, at my, my cousin's wedding, we met a, a guy who was in charge of, um, ops in the Boulder food scene. Sure. And basically, we were just like, you seem like the right guy. You should come and work for us. <laughs> and it's great because we had all this experience with co packing and, sure. and scaling and really, you know, handling a large team, which is not our strong suit. The, right. <laughs> You're the creators. Suit. Right. <laughs> but, and, and then yeah, the team just grew from there. Like, we have like over 70 people working for us now. And it's crazy. It's 
So cool. And then also, you know, at the same time, we, you know, invested in operations to scale and then invested in the sales to scale too. So, right. Exactly. That's where I was going with that. And then on the, what about on the marketing side? Have you guys had to do any brand building or has it been word of mouth and social and, you know what I mean? Because you guys have such a great brand and it's grown so quickly. Yeah. I think it's definitely mostly word of mouth and then just like mouth in general. Like you have to take, (laughs) (laughs) you have to do some cost and to know what it is. It's such a, a goofy thing you know like we've had some competitors come against us and they're like we are gonna highlight the almond dip but almond dip sounds kind of weird like it does it It doesn't sound as good at all it's not necessarily appetizing and i think that that was where you know the word bitchin and bitchin sauce kind of saved us it's like even if it doesn't even if you don't know what it is, it's funny enough to try it. <laughs> <laughs> right. You got to try it. I totally agree. And the flavors are excellent. Anything specific about what's inside that, you know, is unique, you know what I mean? In terms of the makeup of your sauces, I'll call them or dips. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really hard to make bitch and sauce. I'm just going to say that real quick. Uh, <laughs> the ingredients are really simple, um, but they're, they're just awesome Man, I said that again, didn't I? I, I know. Remember, that was the first letter in the alphabet, and there was bitching. They're just... <laughs> uh, the ingredients are... They're great. They're simple. They're very, like, quality commodities. You know, we're dealing with almonds. It's, it's almonds. It's grapeseed oil, which I'm a big fan of. Um, it's, you know, part of, like, the winemaking industry. So we're actually, like, upcycling, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Um, very cool. And then lemon, garlic, uh, nutritional yeast, which is chock full of delicious B vitamins. I think that that's what makes it very addictive. <laughs> it kind of makes it happy. Nice. <laughs> um, and then we use Bragg's liquid aminos and spices. and That's cool. We mix it all up in such a way that it's totally bitching. <laughs> there you go. It's not awesome. <laughs> we, we don't put any gross things in there. I Ugh. think that's the, the biggest thing is that you will not find like weird gums or funky sugars or things that, you know, you don't carry in your pantry anyways. Right. I love that. Um, I always love to ask, uh, well, it's actually, before I get to the, the question, I was just about to ask you, what is, so where does it look like in the six to 12 months ahead for you guys in terms of continued growth? Are there any big priorities you're focused on? Yeah, we, um, we're planning to roll out in Kroger here. Oh, nice. I live in Atlanta. We've got a lot of Kroger's and Sprouts and Publix's. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Around where we live. <laughs> Whole Foods, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, Atlanta. That's, actually, that's funny because I think we're actually in the Kroger's there right now. Yep. Um, uh, well, in- I, I can tell you later today. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're launching in the deli, which is so oh, great. Nice. That's a great area that's- for that. It's where the party people go, you know. A lot <laughs> it's of great times- for like um, grab and go, you know what I mean, or impulse. It's like I got my yeah. sandwich. Oh, I need dip, you know. Oh, there. Or on the, you know what I mean. Like it's anyway. Yeah, you know, it's that. kind of a scavenger hunt right now in in most stores because there's like three places where you can find sauce or find dips or or guacamole or salsa or whatever. Sure. Um, and it's you know there's like the kind of dairy refrigerated section, and then there's the deli, which is the holy grail and then yeah, no there's where we've been put a lot which is kind of like a vegan abyss where it's just kind of like <laughs> vegan ball. abyss never it's, heard it you know, it's, that. Like, it's like uh fermented foods and seitan and like one guacamole it's just really hard to find 
product. So we're very excited about this initiative of going into the deli because we know that people like to enjoy bitch and sauce when they're gathering and partying. I love that. I love that. Um, one of the things I love to ask our guests is like, what would have been, what would be uh, two or three of the biggest lessons learned you've had over the last, I mean, gosh, 10 plus years. I know there's a lot of lessons learned, but if you had to pick two or three, what would you offer our audience who we've got a lot of entrepreneurs that listen, a lot of people that want to be entrepreneurs, like what would be some advice you'd share with them? Uh, my first piece of advice would be to go and get advice. <laughs> like seek out. <laughs> nice. You know, there's there's just so many programs that are available. Like one of the things that we participated in was um, you know, economic development with the city of or not Carlsbad of um San Diego. And they were so happy to help us and they gave us a grant. Like there was wow. so many awesome, Yeah, it was so wonderful. But it was something we didn't tap into until year seven. Like knowing what's available, I would definitely try to do that earlier. Got um, it. It's a good one. And then my second piece of advice would be to ignore people who are not where you want to be. So, that <laughs> so was all right, unpack that for us. I mean, I think I know what that means, but give you have any specific examples you could share? I, I think it takes a certain level of kind of, um, what's the word? Like, you know, single mindedness, you have to be focused on your goal and you can't be deterred by people who come and give you bad news or their own bad experience. Um, like we would, at, even at the farmer's markets, our vendors next to us would be like, Oh, it's going to be a terrible day. We're not going to sell anything. <laughs> oh, it's the end of the negative month. Nellies. I can't stand negativity. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's been there for every stage of our growth is someone being negative right. <laughs> and it's or under it's the not going to work or the name or those flavors yeah. or that competitor right i mean i can only imagine right and here you are target walmart Publix, you know kroger <laughs> so i mean you know but it's not easy right in those moments i mean it's not it's not easy to ignore someone who's who's giving you advice and you know knowing that if you go against their advice you know all you can do is blame yourself right it doesn't work <laughs> right isn't that interesting and it seems like you know almost success breed brings along some of those people that try to poke holes you know yeah definitely Interesting. Um, Star, share with our audience where they can find you buy your product you shared a lot of retailers share your websites and you know social and all that yeah, so bitchandsauce.com. That's where you can find all the info about our products. There's also a handy dandy store locator there uh, <laughs> that will show you who has it the closest um, nearby. Um, but yeah, definitely Costco, Target, Walmart, uh, Albertson, Sprouts. They all carry the sauce. Unbelievable. What a cool story. Um, great brand. Excited for you guys. Um, I hope you'll come back on down the road as you continue to grow and, and share other stories of the star. It's been so great meeting you. I would love that. Yeah, great to meet you too. Thank you for having me. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.